Guru Nation, welcome to episode 388 of Random Musings from the Clinical Trials Guru. And this interview is really interesting, actually. Got to interview Dr. Pablo Doreski from Argentina, and he's a principal investigator in Argentina. He also has some experience uh, operating clinics in San Diego, uh, but he's based out of Argentina. He's working on a very promising coronavirus study where they've modified ibuprofen and actually are putting it in a nebulizer. So it's kind of crazy stuff what they're doing, but he says it's very promising and he's actually looking for uh, researchers from all around the world to reach out to him because while they're doing a pilot study, compassionate use study now, they are looking to, if they get favorable results, open up into a larger study, uh, a global study. So uh, the links to his LinkedIn are in the show notes. The links to his study are also in the show notes. Also check out the CRA Academy, the CRC Academy. Links are in the show notes. If you want more studies for your site, text me, 949-415-6256. We help sites all the time, every day, get studies through my consulting company, DSCS Site Network and CRO. Check out my Patreon channel, five bucks a month. It has a monthly mastermind group as well to learn business, digital marketing, advertising, career development, personal development stuff, basically anything non-clinical research that is going to help grow your career or your business. Check that out in the show notes and enjoy the interview. Hey everybody, welcome back. So I got Dr. Pablo Doreski from Buenos Aires, Argentina. You're about to hear our interview, our podcast, where we talked about his very interesting, innovative, outside-of-the-box approach to coronavirus treatment in in severe uh, cases. And uh, definitely all the links are underneath the video to his LinkedIn, to his study, theclinicaltrials.gov. He's partnered with, um, you know, I mean, he's got the approval. You're going to hear all about that in the interview coming up shortly. But for the first couple of minutes, I wanted to talk to you, wanted to introduce you to Dr. Doreski and uh, let you guys know this is an experienced investigator in Argentina, but he's also had sites in San Diego. He's always looking to come back and forth and do cross-continent collaborations between South America and uh, the United States, just like... Many of you guys know Dr. Perez from Florida, who does the same thing with Colombia. He's got a big network in Colombia, developing a huge network in Florida. So same thing, Dr. Doreski, if anybody in Southern California, right? Or the, is that's the area that you're particularly interested in, right, Dr. Doreski? Yes, yes. So you're looking that, for... That area and also, also South Florida. And South Florida. Okay, so anybody out there who's a physician, if you're interested in what you're about to hear, because you're obviously listening, so let's see if you like what you're about to hear, you reach out to Dr. Doreski because he can help you guys set up your clinic. He, I mean, w- what can you do? Because you've done a lot of things in the past as far as your background. Uh, you've learned from mistakes others have made, you maybe have made, business running a clinical research business is not easy especially when it's a site okay so like what what have been your experiences in that so far uh, thank you dan how are you well it's it's been very 
it's been it's been very difficult but very rewarding to be a clinical research investigator for the last 20 years. I uh, I've been involved in more than 200 210 clinical trials on, on the last 20 years. I have a very big site in Argentina who, who, that is divided in three different sites. That's called Fundación Respirar, and uh, I also owned and founded a site in, in San Diego which is no longer available. It was called Pacific Pulmonary Research. Okay. Uh, we, I, we, we, had, we had the site in San Diego for two years, uh, but, but now we are, we are willing to look uh, further on uh, interested physicians that have medical practices and are not into clinical research, but are interested in starting a clinical research site with their medical practice. So uh, I, I would be really interested in in being contacted by any physician, any any specialty that that would be willing to become a clinical trial investigator. Thank you very much. So everybody, the links are in the show notes and underneath the video. And now listen to the very exciting uh, study that Doctor will explain uh, going forward of what he's doing in Argentina. Thank you very much, Doctor Dereski, very much for your time, and thank you everybody for watching, listening, and enjoy the following interview. Take care. Hello, Guru Nation. Welcome to another episode of Random Musings from the Clinical Trials Guru, all the way from Argentina, Buenos Aires, Argentina. I got Dr. Pablo Dereski on, and he is a pulmonologist. He's a, he's a physician on the front lines in Argentina. Unfortunately, at the time that we are recording this, you know, it seems to be like the United States kind of got out of the peak. But now, South America, Latin America, is getting hit really hard with coronavirus. So, uh, doctor, thank you very much for coming on. How are things over there in, in Argentina right now? Hello, Dan. Well, thank you very much for calling. Uh, it seems in Argentina that the government has started to soften the, the measurements of uh, social isolation. And uh, people are beginning to go out to the streets. And cases are starting to to go up. The, the, we we will we will probably see a peak in a couple of weeks from now. Wow. So we we have we haven't passed yet uh, by the situation that, that that the states the terrible situation that the state is it's overcoming at this moment. The 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 cases are starting have started to go up and mostly on very very poor uh, neighborhoods and that's that's a uh, a very severe problem for the for the healthcare system. So, what are you doing um, in addition to just working in the front lines? You are working on a treatment, is it for coronavirus? You think you you guys think uh, you guys discovered something that could potentially be helpful against uh, combating this? Yes, yes, I, I am working with um, a non-steroidal. Uh, uh, an, um, a non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drug, which is ibuprofen. Uh, we we are working. I, I am a clinical investigator, and I am working together with basic investigators that have developed this modified form of the molecule of, of ibuprofen six years ago. This was developed in Cordoba province. Uh, it's like a state in Argentina, and uh, here. We have Dr. Dante Beltramo, Dr. Nestor Garcia, 
doctora Roxana Lacino and their team. They, they are from CEPROCOR, which is a pharmaceutical center of excellence in Cordoba province. And they, they also are principal investigators of CONICET. CONICET is like the NIH, like the NIH in Argentina. And they, they developed this modification of ibuprofen, maintaining the anti-inflammatory effects and making the molecule absolutely 100% soluble. And this, this is a real uh, advance in, in pharmacology. They, they started this development six years ago uh, to treat specifically a bacteria, Pseudomonas aeruginosa in cystic fibrosis. And uh, they have developed many, many uh, chronic diseases, severe diseases. Uh, they, they have seen that the, this molecule could work very well in COPD, in IPF, and in all uh, viral and bactericidal uh, lung infections because the, the, the molecule, they, they turn the molecule into an amphipathic molecule that is with a, a very hydrosoluble head and an aliphatic or without charge tail, the, the rest of the molecule, meaning the rest of the molecule, which is lipidic or li liposoluble, soluble. liposoluble would be the, the exact terminology. So this has the ability to interfere in the membranes of bacteria, in the lipid membranes of bacteria and viruses in vitro. This was observed in vitro by Dr. Beltramo, Dr. Garcia and, and their collaborators. And starting, starting testing this with chronic diseases but under compassionate use. What we are doing right now is, is a previous phase previous to clinical research because we are just doing common medical practice under compassionate use. Uh -huh. We are not, not until now, doing clinical research. Uh, this is very important to, for everybody to know and to, 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 to take the uh, knowledge that we are not doing a randomized clinical trial to the moment. We, we are willing to do it, but we need more data. We, we started treating COVID patients because the coronavirus is, has a bilipidic membrane like other, other viruses uh, in which Dr. Beltramo seen anti-virucidal activity in vitro, hmm. like from, di from different families like herpes virus, flavivirus, rhabdovirus or paramyxovirus. And coronavirus family, family also has a bilipidic membrane uh, and this molecule has the possibility of interfering with lipidic membranes because of its amphipathic, liposoluble, and hydrosoluble uh, characteristics. And this is a formulation to give nebulized, so it goes directly to the lung. I, I, ha I have many, many publications from the States, previous publications that talk about they talk about the microbicidal uh, activities of ibuprofen, not this molecule, which is much stronger, but just ibuprofen. For example, the, the paper of Dr. Dr. Parth Shah, which, which the, the title is Antimicrobial Activity of Ibuprofen Against Cystic Fibrosis 
associated gram-negative pathogens. If you read this paper, it talks about reduced bacterial burden of Pseudomonas aeruginosa and Burkholderia species in a dose-dependent fashion. But he is talking about ibuprofen given orally. And what, what he is seeing, and also another investigators which are published in NIH, and I will tell you, you are seeing, is that they are seeing that very high doses of ibuprofen are necessary or orally to, to reach this antimicrobial effect. So what, what is the problem? The problem is that high doses of any drug, any NSAID would damage your gastrointestinal mem uh, mm. mucus. Mm -hmm. so, so the adverse events would be, would be really, really high. And the, another paper that I would like to mention to you is that is published in PubMed with, with the NIH is the paper from Dr. Jake Irvine which the title is Formulation and Delivery Strategies of Ibuprofen, Challenges and Opportunities. And what Dr. Irvine is observing in 2018 is he's observing that ibuprofen could be used to treat cystic fibrosis or chronic, condi chronic conditions with lung uh, compromise. And, but he's, he's also observing that the ibuprofen is poorly poorly soluble in aqueous media. So thus the rate of dissolution from the currently available solid dosage forms is very limited. And he ends the paper saying, improving formulation strategies suggest incorporation into the pulmonary drug delivery systems to, 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 to use it as an antimicrobial drug and also as a very, very strong anti-inflammatory drug. What, what I have seen as a clinical investigator, because I'm not a basic investigator, so I, I am talking too much about chemistry and Dr. Beltramo or Dr. Garcia should be doing this. What, what I've seen is that patients have a, a great outcome, uh, may, maybe because Dr. Beltramo observed that given in nebulized, in nebulized form, the drug could reduce by 60% the, the, the ROS, the reactive oxygen species. And this is extremely important for chronic conditions of the lung, like COPD, like pulmonary fibrosis, uh, like uh, viral infections. Right. Also, also the, the, um, something important that I, 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 I wanted to point is that Professor Carolyn Cannon, from the Texas A&M Health Science Center College of Medicine, developed in 2016, two, two years after Dr. Beltramo Garcia and collaborators developed this, uh, this uh, formulation. Doc, Dr. Cannon developed a nanoparticle of ibuprofen delivered by aerosol or inhalated ibuprofen. Mm -hmm. And she saw that this inhibits the migration of neutrophils to the lung, preventing acute infl inflammation. So basically, as everybody knows. So so basically, you're taking ibuprofen because I remember when the pandemic first started, 
there was rumors, maybe they were myths, you know, I'm not a physician, so I have no idea. There was myths that uh, ibuprofen's not good. Don't take ibuprofen. You know, this is going to open the, I think it's the ACE inhibitor, something with the ACE channel, and it allows coronavirus to enter. So that's been debunked as of now. Uh, This study that you're doing is showing that high dose of ibuprofen works, but the problem with high dose orally is gastro problems. So you guys developed, you reformulated it basically, uh, or you modified ibuprofen so that you could put in a nebulizer and inhale it. Is that correct? Yes, we, we, we didn't give ibuprofen orally, hmm. but, but we, we studied that previous investigators had seen that it has antimicrobial effect if you give it orally, but at very high doses. If you, if you, look, at, if you look at clinicaltrials.gov, you can see our trial that is called, is called Cordova trial, but it's not a clinical trial. It's a compassionate use trial, me, the Cordova okay. trial. Let me look it up yes. now. Let me look it up now. So what do you mean? published it. Can you explain? uh, Because here, I mean, is this, it's compassionate use for Argentina, right? Or you have around the world? No, no, no. We are just using it in Argentina to the moment, to the moment. We need, we are very cautious with the information. Uh We we have uh, nine, nine COVID patients treated with the inhaled drug. And we have, we have very positive results but okay. you know it's, it's, it's not a randomized clinical trial right, right. we 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 know we have very very little information in a couple of weeks maybe in a couple of months we will have much more information about the drug and about its effects but uh, to the moment we have treated severe covid patients non ventilated but severe okay. uh, people People with COVID with uh, 77 years, 78 years old, 87 year old years old. So we have treated severe hospitalized COVID patients, and we have seen good results. But we, we are we are not willing to 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 make any claim about the the efficacy of the drug. Of course, we, we are course. we are just looking at security under compassionate use in, in common medical practice. How do I search for the listing for so I put Cordova? Uh, let me let me look for the study. Or you can look for ibuprofen trials, and you will also find uh, the Liberate trial okay. that is about to start about to start in 230 COVID patients in King's College London, funded by the NHS. Okay. And you can see that that, that trial uses lipidic ibuprofen. Yeah. or given orally and uh, that is a uh, it's it's around the same idea we we are we are developing but they they are they are giving it orally what's the uh, name of the company again cordova cordova trial that's not the name of the con- company it's the name of the province of argentina okay that that's been they they, they have been a pioneer in the country okay. with this uh, compassionate compassionate use trial because we, it, it is not frequent in Argentina for basic investigators to, to start working with clinical investigators. So this is, I think, a, a very interesting model to follow. Okay. Yeah, I'm trying to find it. But uh, So basically, uh, you're doing this compassionate use study. How many patients are you planning on enrolling in this trial? The, the first step 
for this uh, compassionate use trial is 40 patients. Okay. After 40 patients, after 40 patients, we are planning to start uh, an approved uh, by Anmat phase 2A trial to to just to to see other results or or to to prove the results in a randomized clinical trial. And the company, is this a, a private company that's doing this? Or is it a collaboration between universities there in, in Buenos Aires? Or who's, who's involved in this study? Well, it's Seprocor, which is, it belongs to the Minister of Science and Technology of Cordoba province, together with the CONICET investigators and Chemical Luar. Chemical Luar is the, is the pharmaceutical company. It, it's a family pharmaceutical company from, from Cordoba. Um, and uh, Chemical Luar is, is funding this compassionate use trial uh, with uh, Luis Argañeras is the person in charge of Chemical Luar and he's been a, a real uh, help for us for, for taking this forward Yeah, and for, for pushing the, the compassionate use trial. Could you explain to the audience the difference between, because we're mentioning, you know, the gold standard of research is the randomized double blind but you're not allowed to do it yet because it makes it doesn't make sense you need more data right um, so what yes. is the what's the difference between compassionate use and just a double blind randomized study well under compassionate use we give the drug to every patient we don't randomized we don't we don't randomize patients to for example the the, the solution with nebulized uh, modified ibuprofen and uh, hypertonic solution alone, we, we just give the same drug to everybody. Mm. And when you talk about randomized clinical trials, you randomize people, you select uh, randomly a group of people that is going to receive the active treatment and another group of people that is not receiving the active treatment called placebo uh-huh. That also has also has therapeutic effects. I, I I always talk about this with colleagues that are not involved in clinical trials. Pla- placebo can have a lot of therapeutic or, uh, effects and adverse events. Yeah, uh, and that's of course uh, very interesting. Very interesting, and that's the the the, the real interest and the, the and the real amazing thing of randomized clinical trials. So you're the principal you, you, I, investigator, basically, of this pilot study, this compassionate use study. Um, is that correct? I am the, I am the principal. I, I am the investigator in charge in Buenos Aires, in not Buenos in Córdoba. Okay. In, Cor- in Córdoba, in Córdoba, Dr. Nestor Garcia is that is one of the basic also investigators uh, that helped develop the molecule. He he's in charge of the hospitals that are, are doing the compassionate use trial. Yeah. And I am in charge. I am in charge uh, in Buenos Aires. Is there uh, plans to take this study, the next study, worldwide, or uh, like what are your guys' strategy with this? Yes, yes, we 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 plan to to start the the next phase that would be phase two A. Uh-huh. That would uh, because we we wouldn't do probably a phase one because we wouldn't use it in healthy volunteers. When, when we already used it on, on sick volunteers. So right. we, the, the phase 2A, we, we plan to do it globally. And okay. for, for that, of, co- of course, we would need support of a, of a multinational pharmaceutical company. 
and the, the the regulators too, right? The FDA, the European regulators. Who's the? Who, uh, are you dealing with the FDA right now, or is it just the Argentinian uh, uh, FDA? We we are just dealing with Anmat. Anmat is the Argentinian FDA, and they, okay. they are they are helping us a lot. They are very, they are they are being very collaborative. Okay. So yeah, do you what do you think? Because see, I spoke to um, somebody a few weeks ago, maybe a month ago now. Uh, this entrepreneur here in the United States, and he approached me with a nebulizer um, idea as well. Like there, were, the investigational product was going to be put in the nebulizer, but the problem was when when we took this idea to the hospitals, they all rejected it. They said, you know. We don't allow nebulizers with coronavirus. It's too dangerous to spread the virus. What do you guys think about this? We, we, we think the same as you're saying, that it can be dangerous. But for that, we, we developed many methods of uh, not aerosolizing the particles around the room. The, the first method was a, a, a laminar flux cabin inver with inverted flux on top of the patient. The, this was very very little reproducible and very expensive and very experimental so wow. it, it wasn't the it wasn't something to to reproduce i mean globally the laminar flux inverted yeah. I, I i can give, i can give you some photographs of that and then we developed like a, a transparent helmet around the patient with a, with a, a, a biricidal uh, filter on top Connected to the to the system to the aspirating system of the of the hospital or connected to 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 a, a special vacuum vacuum cleaner that makes uh, makes a, a negative flow of air inside inside the cabin so the patient can nebulize inside this like tent like transparent tent uh, but what was this was developed by uh, Nicolas Martinez Rios hmm. who is a biochemist and his part part of the project also pushing the project forward and uh, and helping with the, the the pharmaceutical development of it and uh, Nicolas developed this uh, species of helmet and uh, they, they started to accept nebulizing just in a in a restricted area of, of the hospital right some uh, few patients with coronavirus yeah of course of course, we would have to think also, but we don't, we don't have a, uh, we don't have it tested to the moment. That if the molecule is amphipathic and is destroying the virus in vitro, and you are not taking it orally, it doesn't doesn't go to blood directly, but it goes directly to the lungs. The, the effect of the drug may be recidal instantly, and patients may be exhaling. Uh, dead or, or lysed particles of of the virus. Right. But but we we need we need more testing. We need we need a lot a lot of uh, further studies to just to to prove that this theory that we have. So this is a multi-year project, like at least for you guys. I mean, to get all these studies going, right? I mean, you're just started now with the compassionate use study. What's the timeline? Do you see for uh, the next study, the phase 2A, and will you be needing, uh, you know, sites to collaborate with you from around the world? Do you want people to reach out to you or, you know, let's say a doctor right now is watching in Chicago 
and and wants to do the study, uh, the phase two study, can they can they collaborate with you, or what what would you guys like to see? Yes, I, I think I think that the sites can collaborate with us. Um, the, if they uh, if they start to be in in touch with us, uh, it, it would be a great idea to mm -hmm. to start building a network of sites interested in testing this. Of course, I, I was going to tell you that we, we know that nebulizing and uh, a patient with a viral infection in the lungs is, is not something funny. We know we are pushing the limits of science and we know that every society uh, um, disagrees with nebulizing uh, a viral infection, a viral infected patient. Right. But we we like to think or i like to i like to think as an as a clinical investigator that if you always think inside the box you, you will never find a solution right. for 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 something that's that's going all, all over us and, and generating thousands 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 of of people dying every day yeah it's unfortunate have you discussed with like united states hospitals maybe in at least in theory how, because I know here the hospitals would be very resistant to this, and then they would need the inverted hood and all the special equipment you discussed. I don't know if they're going to be willing to do this. Um, have you discussed well, with any hospitals outside of Argentina yet? Not to the moment, but I can tell you this. In the, in the hospital in Córdoba, where we had all the cases and were nebulized inside the hospital, we have zero, zero nurses or physicians infected with coronavirus. And all the patients were treated there huh. and the room was cleaned every time after the patients got nebulized inside the room. And we, we, we didn't get any people from the healthcare system infected with coronavirus. And that, that I mean, it, was we this have was, few cases. Uh, using, the, using the hood and the equipment that you mentioned or no? Yes. Okay. Yes, it was it was using the hood, and, and it was uh, it was in a in a hospital in Cordoba called uh, the Mayo. Okay, this is interesting. So basically, uh, if people want to, and I'm trying to find the link, uh, maybe you can share it with me on the Skype somehow. Uh, let me see. Can you put the link to the clinicaltrials.gov study? Because I will put. Uh, uh, I will put your LinkedIn profile so anyone that wants to get a hold of you, doctor, they're going to be able to go to your LinkedIn, connect with you. This will be underneath of the video, also in the uh, audio notes and the show notes. But I will also put the clinicaltrials.gov uh, link so that people can learn more about it. It's certainly interesting. You know, Dr. Doreski, right now we have a lot of the entire world is interested in the science behind this coronavirus so anything that you can provide to people to learn more about you know like you were mentioning the the PubMed articles uh, you know just get in touch with Dr. Dureski because he's he's on LinkedIn he's someone that replies and he's willing to network with you guys um, and and let let us know Dr. Dureski uh, what you would like to, uh, from the Guru Nation, from the people watching, the people listening right now, what would you like them to do? Do you want them to reach out, or what? Uh, what would you like to see happen as a result of this interview? 
Well, I, I'd like for I'd, I'd like for people of the Guru Nation to to contact us through the LinkedIn or through email and uh, to, to be in contact and to to ask as many questions as they may want to ask because we are here to to answer questions. If we don't know any question, we will just say we we just don't know to right. the moment. We are happy to say that, mm-hmm. and uh, and I think that it would be great to have a, a, collaborat- a collaborative network of research sites to, be, being in contact to to volunteer to participate in a future phase two trial. That's right. Even though if even though it is uh, nebulized, and I know we are outside of the limits of science. Right, and what and you were also mentioning for the bigger study, if you're going to do it globally. You're going to need collaborative help from another pharmaceutical sponsor, perhaps. So, you know, maybe some sponsor that's interested in collaborating with you guys, they could reach out. Um, you know, is that something else that would be helpful for you guys? Yes, it would be very helpful helpful for pharmaceutical companies to, to contact us and, and try to help us develop the, the future phases of the trial. Yes. Okay. Of course. Good. So we got Dr. Dureski's link to the LinkedIn underneath the show notes. We have also the link to his LinkedIn in the uh, podcast show notes and underneath the YouTube video. And whenever you get a chance, doctor, just message me the uh, clinicaltrials.gov link so that I could share that as well. And anybody wants to get a hold of him, you can. Pablo uh, Dureski, physician pulmonologist from Buenos Aires, Argentina. And um, yeah, thank you very much for coming on. Anything else you wanted to add? No, no. Thank you very much, Dan, for the interview. And uh, I'm happy happy to be here talking with you. Me too. This is important work and uh, it's always good. You know, even if we just learn a little bit more about it, I mean, we're not always looking for treatments. Obviously, we want treatments. We want cures. But if we can just further the knowledge, it's still worthwhile so you know everybody out there watching listening you may you know you're probably not going to join this study as a patient uh you know stay well but or as a site but just learn about it learn about the research that's going on because there's a lot of different kinds of research going on and some of them as dr Dureski said seem promising so it it doesn't hurt to learn doesn't hurt to network and i really appreciate it good luck there dr Dureski. Um, stay safe as well, okay? Thank you very much, Dan. Good luck to you too. And stay safe. Thank you, guys. Thank you, everyone, for watching and listening. And we'll catch you all later. Bye-bye. So, hey, everybody. Thank you very much for listening to another episode of Random Musings from the Clinical Trials Guru. Again, if you haven't already, make sure you subscribe to this podcast. Make sure you leave a review if you could be so kind, please. Uh, And also go to theclinicaltrialsguru.com if you're interested in learning more about who I am, who some of my guests are. Uh, You can have access to some of my YouTube videos. Uh, I do a lot of videos about clinical research. So go to theclinicaltrialsguru.com and you can also call or text me anytime, 949-415-6256. Also follow me on any social media platform. It's Dan Svera. And you can also... Email me if you'd like, dan at theclinicaltrialsguru.com. Thank you very much.